It's draft week. We wrap the prospects and take a gaze into the looking glass to see what will happen this Thursday. This is the push off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, the perfect male body. Right. Well, if you say so, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 that's not for me. We're talking linebackers today, which, in Uh, my estimation, my estimation, the perfect female body... My wife and I actually had an argument about this recently. Perfect female body. (laughs) Yeah, because I said it was jazz dancer. And she said, no, it's ice skater. And I actually have to agree with it. The perfect female body belongs to an ice skater. Mm, Because it's them legs, the booty. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And the perfect male body belongs to an NFL quality linebacker. Because they're generally 6'2", 6'3", around 220, 230 perfect male body got enough lateral agility without having too much bulk it's the perfect male body and your wife agreed my wife uh, said if you say so <laughs> you spend a lot more time looking at men's bodies than i do and i was like and that is the problem fair, fair enough yeah um and, and indeed you have dan and we have we have because once we complete uh the linebackers pursuit linebackers today and you have some running backs to look at too mm-hmm. I count a total of about 52 prospects we would have covered for the 2022 draft. We, you know, we went through well over one first r- one round full of guys, you know. That's We're right. not going to do all 300. That's insane. No, no, we don't have that, but uh, we did cover quite a few. In fact, going by school, I've we had five Alabama prospects. Alabama's going to have plenty. Um, four out of Michigan and Ohio State. We have three out of Georgia, Texas A&M. Now, however, you're counting one out of Georgia. You're going to talk about a few more. So technically, we'll have a a plethora out of Georgia, we'll say. And then two out of a few other schools, USC, Iowa State, Washington, Cincinnati, and then a ton more, you know, in in all these other random schools that will have prospects coming out. Uh, We've got a Montana State sighting today. There you go. There you go. we're pretty sure no elites. We'll see. Dan's got the linebackers to talk about. He's got some running backs. He's uh, looking at some people there. So we'll see if they are enough. But uh, so far with all these prospects, I believe you're seeing a very deep class in edge rushers, mm-hmm. very deep class of tackles, and uh, you could even say wide receivers in this draft, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's, and if I, not I will, deep I'll say pretty deep at linebacker, if I'm being honest, after after some of the film I'm watching. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, I think it's front-loaded edges and tackles and stuff. Linebackers, you think they're going to be somewhat front-loaded? Are they going to drop down this list? I think we're probably going to see three to four uh, linebackers, like pursuit linebackers, go within the first 50 picks. Neat. All right. Well, then I th- well, let's get into talking about them then. Uh, pursuit linebackers, who do you want to begin with? Let's hit it up. 
Well, we're going to talk about the guys that, uh, you know, I like the best. My number one rated pursuit linebacker this year is Hmm? Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Okay. Now, Devin Lloyd out of Utah has seemed to be at the top of a lot of people's boards. I think NFL.com, things like that. If it wasn't him, it'd be one of the Georgia linebackers, probably N'Kobe Dean. But Devin Lloyd is your number one. All right. Tell us what you like about Lloyd. So Lloyd, we talk about body beautiful a little bit. Uh, this guy is six foot three, two thirty seven. Plays every linebacker position. Um, mm. Gets pass rush. Gets you know interceptions. Tackles well. The only negative for him, like literally, I think you can plug and play this guy on any defense in the league right now. The thing that's keeping him from being elite is. Well, two things. One, I always worry about competition. Utah, not exactly you know tearing it up out there. Um, yeah. And number two, he has a lot of false first steps. So he's still, especially on run plays, he doesn't read those as well. Um, so you'll see him make a false first step and make up for it with athleticism. A really elite linebacker needs to be making those reads right out the gate. Um, and Devin Lloyd wasn't doing that on every run play, especially stretch run plays. He'd get very confused and lost in traffic. That being said, as soon as he knows where the ball is, he's got it. Um, his combine was interesting because he comes out with four six speed. I think that's crazy. His play speed is way faster than four six. Uh, I would have like, said four five. Yeah, it looks like the combine hurt him as far as like mocks go. There was a drop down there from when he was somewhere between like pick fourteen, pick uh, fifteen, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you're more around pick twenty, pick twenty one. Um, not he's still a, a big mid change, first rounder but. for me. Yeah, and that's what I'm seeing, too, is that he will probably go first round. Uh, and very good chance he's the first linebacker off the board, um, 6'3", 237. The NFL comparison I found for him was Willie Gay. Um, I would say, yeah, I don't know as, as much about Willie Gay's play style. I would say watching him, here's the weird thing. Him in coverage is uh, he doesn't have the pass rush abilities of um, T.J. Watt, but has the coverage and linebacker instincts of T.J. Watt. Mm, okay, so that's not bad. That's not bad. No. He doesn't have the pass rush game quite there, but you know he's in he's in a similar territory in terms of the way he reads and run reads and plays the run. Okay, yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think we're going to see him go Thursday, and um, the mocks. It's funny have him going to a few of the same team, Like, the Eagles have two picks up there. They see that he could go there. He could go to the Patriots, uh, the Packers even. Um, so somewhere in that uh, teens to 20s range is where I'm seeing him go. Yeah, I think that's um, fair. And then after uh, Devin Lloyd, who do you like? Well, we're going to talk about uh, – this kind of gets on our, our Georgia bandwagon. Uh, we're right, going to yeah. talk about N'Kobe Dean. Nicobe Dean out of Georgia, but yeah, you're right. There's a handful of Georgia linebackers, but this one, uh, not nearly as tall, 5'11", 229. Yeah. Uh, but his so, mock is also keeping about the first round. This guy reminds me of if Devin Bush and um, uh, Roquan Smith had a baby. Devin that Bush was be... one of the comparisons on there, too. The other one was Jesse Tuggle. <laughs> I... I think he actually plays closer to a Roquan Smith, except, you know, obviously he's coming out of the Georgia defense, just doesn't have that elite speed nor the pass rush ability that Roquan Smith had. But in terms of his read and recognition, um, in terms of his ability to stop the run, even being kind of an undersized body, it's pretty good. He's very stocky. You know, it's not like he's a small 5'11", the way Devin Bush is. Like, Devin Bush 
feel small at 5'11". Um, N'Kobe Dean feels sturdy at 5'11", but uh, once again, has similar play recognition issues uh, to Devin Lloyd, and Devin Lloyd is as fast, probably more athletic, and bigger. So it's hard for me to give anything to N'Kobe Dean as an advantage. Um, I'd say he he might be a little bit faster, might be, but they're they're right in the same territory. But he's bigger, same instincts. I've got to go with uh, I've got to go with Devin Lloyd over Nicobe Dean. But that's not saying he he doesn't deserve to get taken in the first round. But it's probably late first round. Uh, honestly, these linebackers are going second half of the first round. Both of yeah. these guys um, after the first fifteen because they're front loaded with those tackles and edge rushers um and wide receivers as those go for a run too but nicobe dean not the yeah. only georgia linebacker coming in this draft is that right that's right the georgia linebackers i will say all of them can stop a running back on the edge i didn't love the way nicobe dean stopped them right in the heart of the line i thought he's a little undersized for that the person who I did love stopping them right in the middle of the line was Channing Tindall. Okay, uh, Chin, yeah, Channing Tindall, six foot two, about two hundred and thirty pounds, fast as shit, probably faster than Kobe Dean, but it would almost he almost uh, wily coyoted a few times where he would get so out over his toes in pursuit that he just kind of almost missed the guy and overrun him. Um, but a great backside pursuit linebacker. Um, didn't have to make the calls, didn't have to do a bunch of, you know, uh, crazy reads and fits. He wasn't a three down guy. He's a great nickel linebacker. I think that's going to be his future in the NFL. Um, but Channing Tindall also, once again, not the greatest instincts in the world, closer to a missile, uh, than anything else. So I think it's going to push him towards the bottom end of the second, maybe into the third round. Um, because he, you know, it's a, it's a good ceiling, but it's a pretty low floor for Channing Tindall. Yeah, everything I'm seeing, third round for Channing Tindall, but he is also not the, he's not even the second linebacker going to from Georgia uh, out of here. There is uh, Quay Walker as well. Ah, are you talking about Jaquavion Jaquise Walker? I, I assume I am. I've just read Quay Walker, but uh, you have a full name for the guy. It is Jaquavion Jaquise. So, <laughs> All right. There's, it's interesting because uh, we'll call him Quay. Uh, Quay is is a bigger dude. He's six foot four. He's two forty. Carries it really well. Um, I didn't love his feet at the linebacker position. You know, watching the Kobe Dean play, everything's short. You know, choppy. Everything looks good. I would see Quay Walker. It was almost like a duck. Uh, you know, his legs would come up and they get a little wild. So he he doesn't exactly have his ass under him all the time. But once he makes a decision and pursues, it's really good. He just was more lost in coverage. Uh, than Nicobe was. I don't think he's quite as faster as fast as Tyndall was, but once again, slightly higher floor, slightly lower ceiling than Tyndall, and I think Nicobe Dean does a, everything a little bit better than he does. What I'm really confused with here, though, is this is pursuit linebackers, and you've got three guys out of Georgia, so they they line all these guys up as as pursuit linebackers on their defense they don't have any edge rushers they don't well they do obviously because we know they've got uh walker coming out and everything else so yeah how does this defense line up that they have all of these guys coming in the draft and again nobody going past around three yeah so i mean the georgia defense is filthy no kidding um they're talking about jordan davis 
Yeah, they're loaded everywhere. Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker. I mean, we're talking about multiple first-round picks. Depending on where Dakobe Dean goes, we're talking about, you know, three picks in your front seven. That's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, there's... I mean, yeah, so you could have four picks in your front seven, depending on where Wyatt goes. The fact that your front seven has four first-round picks is filthy. That's disgusting. That's a an embarrassment of riches. The fact that Lewis signed their safety might go somewhere in the second or third round, that's insane too. And your two other linebackers. So your front seven could have, within the first 50 to 60 picks, six guys go. And the only well, reason you wouldn't have all seven is because one of them isn't draft eligible yet. <laughs> This is why you have a team in the uh, national championship. Then um, you have that, yeah, that much of a stacked defense. It's it's hard to keep them out of there. Um, if we're counting these other linebackers we talked about with Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, we've gone over fifty-two. That'll be even more uh, prospects by the end of our list here. But yeah, um, Quay Walker and Channing Tindall look like they've gone up draft boards uh, since March, April, maybe other pursuit linebackers that people were thought were coming out decide to return to school that busts their uh uh draft stock other than these yeah. guys here well we're going to talk about one more guy uh who was the we other are. one on your list uh well we're going to talk about troy anderson i do want to i do want to drop one thing about george's defense um yeah, i think please. nolan nolan smith who is the guy that wasn't eligible because he's going to be a junior this year what's he i playing? think nolan smith even... he's a He's a linebacker sort of edge. He'd be in that okay. front seven as well. They moved him around a lot. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to have a breakout, uh, a breakout year. That's he's what I think. Feel a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I think well, exactly. So uh, watch out for Nolan Smith. But wow. uh, the last guy we're going to talk about the linebacker position is a guy named Troy Anderson out of Montana State. Okay, yeah, you told me about this guy, Troy Anderson. Take a look at him. Uh, he's a bigger guy, six four, two forty three, tall. And he re- he ran a four four. Wow! So he can gallop. Yeah. So the the tape on Anderson is very inconsistent, and I was trying to figure out why this guy looks like a superhero sometimes, and then looks completely lost in space in other areas. And I realized that he didn't play linebacker in high school. In fact, he didn't play linebacker for the first two years he was in college. I saw that. This, yeah. This is a guy that came in as a running back. And oh. was converted to quarterback. There you go. I saw the quarterback thing. I didn't know he was running back as well. Yeah. Well, he that's how he came in. He came in as a running back, and uh, he actually won all conference in 2018 as a quarterback, and uh, then converted over to linebacker and has had a great deal of success there. Uh, in terms of a guy that is just athletically explosive, there are moments where Troy Anderson just absolutely jumps off the tape and is insanely good. Um, good in coverage, uh, not natural in coverage in terms of like technique, but if he knows where the ball is going, he gets there first. If he knows where the linebacker is going, he gets there first. If he knows where the quarterback is, he gets there first. He's also playing for Montana State, so this isn't exactly like, you know, <laughs> right. these guys are going to be pro-level prospects themselves. This Guys like Troy Anderson are why you have the combine, so that when you see shit on film where you go, this guy's insanely talented. And then he comes to the combine and tears up the combine and goes to the senior bowl and tears up the senior bowl. You go, okay, we're talking about an athletic ability that not only shows up on tape, but also shows up along other premier athletes. That's what makes Troy Anderson such an intriguing prospect. His technique 
and instincts are so poor, I don't think you can afford to take him in the first round. He's like a... He's like a faster... Um, it, this is going to sound weird as a Cowboys fan, but imagine Leighton Vander Esch with worse instincts but no injury problems. Okay. So, you no. know, you go... I, I don't know where the instincts are, but he seems pretty healthy and durable and a, and a real fucking raw athlete. Uh, yeah, he's uh, mocking around the third round, and that makes sense for a small school guy. Um, Not a chance. He's going second round at the latest. Okay, yeah. You could still splash and go further, but that's what he's projected there. And after guys like, uh, you know, obviously Quay Walker, Nicobe Dean, Devin Harris, Christian Harris for linebacker for Alabama, he'll be up there Yeah, maybe second round. And then uh, there's another guy that they named on – this said I'm looking at uh, Chad Muma, Muma from Wyoming. Yeah, Chad Muma out of Wyoming. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Trey Anderson, an interesting prospect. And, a uh, yeah, one that would I think is going to scratch somebody's edge. You're right, then maybe we'll go in the second round. I can see that happening. The uh, mock for him uh, is uh, Mark Nezacha. If I'm even pronouncing that right, Neosha. He was San Francisco's linebacker the last two seasons, and he's currently a free agent. <laughs> I had to look him up because I never heard. Hmm. Must be a late round guy. Yeah, but that's their comparison. So deep, deep cut. Yeah, uh, I, linebackers, I mean, Dan. You gave. You... Yeah, I was going to say you three, gave two, us three, a good long, good long list here, uh, more than I even expected of linebackers. Um, as long as you know you're you're hanging out in Georgia, you have quite a few. Um, it was easy. I just watched, kept watching the film, and they kept showing up. So uh, linebackers, yeah, uh, pursuit linebackers. Maybe there is a little bit of uh, depth later in the first round, into the second, third round. There, if you need one of those players, if you're looking to 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 replace somebody you lost or things like that, get any better in that position for your team. There's options to get that. You don't have to spend an early draft pick on one either. The, the best ones yep. are, are there a little bit later. Um, and then the last position we want to touch uh, is, is not a deep one, and I think that's running no. backs, right? That is correct. Um, I, the first guy we're going to talk about is, uh, is Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Now, Iowa State has produced – in the past, we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about you know the center. Um, they produced David Montgomery, who we love. David Montgomery was mm-hmm. our number one ranked running back that year, and has had a pretty good career so far. He's on the Bears, so that oh, it never helps. <laughs> but uh, Brees Hall doesn't remind me of David Montgomery. Brees Hall reminds me of a shorter Le'Veon Bell. Oh, okay. The uh, NFL comparison that they gave was a different Chicago Bears running back. Matt Forte. Forte was so much more upright and I thought more dangerous in the pass game. Where well, Forte and Le'Veon Bell, that seems patience is a key, it's, right? It's a ton of patience. Brees Hall kind of lets everything set up for him. Um, great eyes, uh, great instincts as a runner. The thing that helps him a ton and I think might push him maybe into the first round is the fact that he ran a 4-3-9. That speed does not show up on film, though. Um, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's a 4 Four, five, four. You know that's where he's at when you watch the game film because he's very patient, great cuts, uh, nice. You know, athlete. Not a great run. You know, not a great pass blocking guy because they just didn't fucking pass at Iowa State. So I don't know how he is. Um, 
but he's got a lot of abilities. He can start at running back for almost any team in the NFL right now. I just don't know if he's ever going to be fantastic. I don't know if he's even... He doesn't have the ceiling Le'Veon Bell had, who was much faster, much larger coming out. Um, but he's going to be a steady, consistent running back, and I feel like if you put him in a stable, he's going to be your breakout guy. Yeah, and he's going to go... Er, well, he's going to be one of the first running backs off the board, and one of the first running backs off the board, whether... That is even in the first round because running backs, running backs first rounds have kind of became the second round. Um, that still means you're going to get on the field pretty quick, especially because if you're drafted in the first couple rounds as a running back, you're if not the lead back, you are compatible and going to be number two and and out there in some capacity. Whether special teams returner, if you can do that, is is Brees Hall a return guy at all? No, no, you no, say he doesn't have the speed, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's not him. But I, you're right. Yeah, Iowa State is kind of becoming a running back school. That's cool. That's cool to see. Um, I think, yeah, he goes early second round too. And um, what else was about Brees Hall that I liked? Yeah, he might break into the, the top 30 picks there. Um, maybe, you know, know, Buffalo, somebody like that might want a, a change of uh, pace type of back. But yeah. um, or if you if you move on from Devin Singletary, you know it's interesting to have this guy in the backfield. There you go, that too. Yeah, and then think about I just he's the best, maybe the best running back in this class, but he's probably not going to go till second round. Talk about the change since we watched the draft as kids, because <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember it was the number one running back is always the like first guy people took, Kijana Carter, and that was um, a mistake. There's a handful of others I'm, I can't think of too, but I mean, running backs Barry were Sanders, Emmett Smith. You know, these are used to mine, fill the yeah. first round. That's right. And now, yeah, you can't. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, but here we are. Brees Hall is going to have to wait till uh, late first if if he's uh, lucky to, to go. Um, he wasn't the only running back you want to talk about. You want to talk about one other? I do. Um, I want to talk about the man that beat. My Michigan Wolverines, um, almost single-handedly this last year, was Kenneth Walker the third. Michigan State's running back, uh, shorter guy, five nine, so he's, he's my height, um, and two eleven, so he's built much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, this was interesting. I know he's a Michigan State guy, and I, I compared Brees Hall to Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to compare Kenneth Walker to Maurice Jones-Drew with less ass and three more inches in height. Okay, all right. The uh, NFL comparison I have for him is Noshan Moreno. Uh, I thought Noshan Moreno was a much more dangerous downhill runner. Um, okay. But I I do love uh, the NFL.com comparison has him as Willie Parker, and I don't think that's super out of line. That's true, yeah. Willie Parker was the other one, yeah. Yeah, but I think Willie Parker was definitely faster Um then Kenneth Walker III. I think Kenneth Walker III does everything well. You know, he's not going to be a pounded out power runner. He's not going, he's not good in pass pro. That's the thing that makes me worried because his immediate fit is as a third down back, but he's a third down back that doesn't do pass protection well. So yeah, that's rough then, yeah. I, I think that's something that could drop him into the second or third round territory because. You know, this is not a guy that you watch and you go, "Oh, I, I gotta have this fucking guy on my team." Can you believe it? He's six foot three. You know, can you believe he's two hundred twenty pounds? He runs a four four. He does everything okay, 
And then in the NFL landscape that we're in, if you don't pass protect well, that doesn't help you. So I can easily see a guy like Zamir White uh, go before him or, I mean, Zamir White's a bigger man. He's a big, you know, he runs a 4-4, he comes out of Georgia. Once again, we're back to Georgia, I apologize. But uh, <laughs> there's probably two or three guys that could go before him that I don't think are better running backs. So... Zamir White or Isaiah Spiller are both guys that get mentioned in that conversation. Yeah, those are the other guys that are near the top. Um, honestly, though, most everything I've seen is either going to be Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, and it's those two can get interchanged, but that's about it. Uh, after that is the others. Um, I think Hall is clearly better than Kenneth Walker. I, I think it's I think it's more than a half a round better. So I'd be okay. I'd be shocked if Kenneth Walker went before Brees Hall. Actually, the mock thing here has Isaiah Spiller uh, after Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and then James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, as the fourth running back on here in mocks. Again, another Georgia player, yes. <laughs> another bulldog. Couldn't, How many you know, bulldogs? He gets knocked because he couldn't really take the position from Zamir White, which is you know true. Right. Um, right. But yeah, good speed. Not not the athlete his brother is, but got a pedigree, so why not? But it's again so impressive how deep <laughs> this class of Georgia is. It's not talking like you maybe have the best player in the draft. You maybe have the you know best of this position. You maybe have f- three guys in the same position drafting in the same round <laughs> this year. I, that's mind-boggling to me so congrats to uh uh the uh the people who are signing prospects out of georgia uh you know the kickback <laughs> people with the with the bag money because <laughs> they're doing good yeah way to go bag man way to go kirby smart yeah they're they're getting every, all of the uh, talent and leaving none for that for the other schools um those are our running backs we talked on some others around there we've got all of the pursuit linebackers Adding the other Georgia running backs, it's not 52. It's, you know, we had 54 we covered. Um, those are the prospects, unless, Dan, you want to touch on punters and kickers. <laughs> no, let's leave it alone. We got a long <laughs> – it's going to be a longer episode anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're done, yeah, with the prospects. We are ready uh, for the NFL draft. We've covered so much of this that you guys have to have a good idea of uh, who you're looking for in this draft when your uh, team gets called up. Now, unless you don't have any, you know, picks in like the top 60, then, you know, you might be scratching a smaller bit of a barrel there this year. But there's movers and shakers. There's things that get traded around all the time. So who knows? It can always happen. All right. But before we leave today, we, we promised some people we would try our own hand at a mock draft. So, Dan, uh, we're going to hit up a mock draft here for the second half of the show. Um, before we hit it... Uh, a little bit on the mock drafts. How do you approach these in terms of, are you looking at what the teams are going to pick? Are you looking at how you would do it? What would, how do you approach a mock draft? So um, for my own mock drafts, I try to just go best player available, you know, unless the position is already completely full. You know, if I, if I look at a team that has a young quarterback, say Dak Prescott, big contract, You know, Patrick Mahomes, if the best player available is a quarterback, you don't need to draft the quarterback at that position. It might cause an issue. Yeah, you know, it's not necessary. You know, if you've got a pretty decent running back on a nice contract, you're probably going to forego the running back position. 
it's hard to have enough wide receivers. It's hard to have enough DBs. Um, it's hard to have enough D linemen. So those are positions I can generally, you know, say to myself, eh, it doesn't really matter if the best player available is there, the guy's going to pick them up. Um, offensive linemen, I think if you're a tackle prospect, I give you a slightly higher weight in the draft than guard or interior. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I think you're the best player available. We talked about this. I think Tyler Lindstrom is, you know, maybe the best interior prospect, but there's going to be a bunch of tackles that go way above him. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is very interesting too because I think when we've done these before and you look at who gets picked first overall, you, you usually go for the elites. You know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, you're an elite uh, draft pick, elite prospect. You want to go at, at, race that card up to the podium and take it. There isn't one this year, or so I assume. Dan, we, we talked about the edge rushers. We didn't talk about one guy who has raced up this list, Travon Walker. We got to talk about one more Georgia Bulldog here as we go through it. Um, it seems that the Jaguars are, since we're starting with Jaguars on the clock and we're starting our mock draft here now, it seems like the Jaguars are talking between uh, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan or this Travon Walker out of Georgia. I mean, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau is in this list too or one of these offensive tackles, but it's right now the Jaguars are getting everybody thinking those two players. Um, you got a chance to look at Trayvon Walker. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about him before we jump into this? I do. Um, body beautiful prospect, six foot five, two sixty. Doesn't have the full range of pass rush moves that you'd want from a guy that's going to be taken number one overall. Hmm. Um, in terms of his ability, his ceiling, it's higher than Aiden Hutchinson's, but Aiden Hutchinson is a much more secure pick. I think it would be foolish to pass. Aiden Hutchinson for Trevon Walker. Um, that being said, I, I can't see Trevon Walker falling out of the top 10. His athletic upside is just too good. I do worry he doesn't have the same amount of nasty. If I'm picking and yeah. David Ajabo is healthy, I take Ajabo over Walker. Okay, okay. Well, that's interesting then too. Uh, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. And uh, when there's no elites... And you're looking at this draft class as a whole, Dan. Um, and maybe this is does pick your the way the Jaguars you think will pick too. But th- put yourself in these shoes. You'd say is it the Cowboys, you would pick best player available as well. Obviously, probably not quarterback. Who would you take for this first overall pick this year? If I mean we're talking about probably the best player in the draft, we're talking about Aiden Hutchinson. And I'd okay. have to I'd have to take Aiden Hutchinson. And you think Jaguars will too, or they'll screw this up? What are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jaguars screwed up. I think it's, I think it's your best way to go is just to take him. Um, you know, he's six foot six, comes from a premier program. Not a ton of worries that he's going to wash out completely. You'll at least get a plus defender on yeah. your team. It won't be a complete bust. It's kind of the same logic when they took Eric Fisher. They're like, we think this guy will be good. We don't know if he's going to be the best player in the draft, but he's he's going to be our number one pick because he has to be. My mock has Aiden Hutchinson as well. I do believe the rumor that they might fall in love with Trayvon Walker and somebody talks him out of it. There's a lot of talk that like the GM Trent Baalke's made those type of picks in the past, and why wouldn't he again? Um, and then there's that outside chance that they take a tackle like uh, Ikea Kwanwu or uh, Evan Neal because you did just take Lawrence last year. I mean, you could protect him. Uh, whether you sign Greg Robinson to the franchise tag or whatever it was anyway. So offensive tackle wouldn't be a bad move here for the Jaguars. It would, might be a smart one for the future, but you're right. 
the edge rushers, I think, in this class are a little more sexy, a little more upside than the tackles. So I think Aiden Hutchinson is the pick they should make. Moving on, you, yeah, we go on to the Detroit. We'll uh, we'll go back and forth here with ours. I think for Detroit, I look at what they've done lately. Because first of all, for the Lions, you have a lot of options where you can get better. Uh, edge rushers uh, are plentiful here, cornerbacks uh, as well, some classic ones. Heck, QB. Uh, as we talk about, we're not very excited about Jared Goff. I think uh, I crossed QB off the list because it's too early for second overall for that. I crossed off offensive tackle for them because they just took Penny Sewell last year. And then the year before that was uh, Jeff Akuda. So I'm thinking maybe not sauce for this either. So I went with them going edge, and this is Trevon Walker here. That's my pick for the Detroit Lions. I think it's interesting that you went uh, Trevon Walker. Mm -hmm. I did not. I went offensive line because you got to remember this is an old school motherfucker coaching this team. You know, this is very much a Dan Campbell team. I think he's going to go offensive lineman and he's going to take the most talented offensive lineman in this draft and he's going to go Iki Iquano. Okay. And Nicky Iquano could see that too. Yeah. It is taking two offensive tackles back to back years, but. There's no reason why you can't get better in that position, and you can heck move either of these guys around. I guess if you wanted to, best player available in my Pen- in my mind. Does Penny Sewell remain at left tackle? Do they move him in like a guard spot? I think he would. I think he'd flourish in a guard spot potentially, but I think they leave Sewell on side. Sewell had trouble um, last year. I think Aquanu is either going to be a premier right tackle right out the gate, um, mm-hmm. or he's. You know, just going to create more competition along the offensive line. You need five good guys. I'm going to keep up with your mock too. I got like an extra one open here that I'm tracking for yourself, but uh, I got minus Trevon Walker. So we're already on a different path. Uh, number three pick is the Houston Texans. Now, Houston has a ton of holes too, and I've been back and forth on where they would go here. Um, Offensive tackle makes sense. There are some really good edges as well. Gosh, they could do a QB. But again, this does seem too early for it. Uh, So for me, I think where my board is, the Texans are picking between uh, two guys. I think they believe that the offensive tackles aren't high enough to pick here, and they're going to go edge or cornerback. I think it's Ahmad Gardner or Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think the Texans go with Thibodeau here. I have three straight edge picks to start this draft. And I have uh, Sauce Gardner. Okay. So now you I, think, I see them yeah. taking a corner straight out the gate. Are you with me on this, that uh, they could go any in all directions here? Oh, the top ten is wild uh, this yeah. year. I, I mean, we're talking about it. We're three picks in. We've gotten two, you know, our two and three are – both dudes, neither one, you know, the other guy didn't mention. Haven't come so. up yet. No, you're yeah. right. And you're right. I think by the time we get to top 11, top 10, we'll have about the same kind of guys in this area. But I think so you're right. They could be mixed around quite a bit, just depending on where you fall in love with them. Plus, having teams like the New York ones, having multiples in there, make it interesting, too. Uh, speaking of, pick number four is the New York Jets. Um, Dan, I think. It's your turn to go. Uh, who do you? Where do you have them going? Uh, I in your mind, uh, the past two years they've basically gotten Mackay Becton, mm-hmm. who they think is going to be their left tackle, 
And they have gotten um, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they think is going to slide inside to guard. You'd think they might be done at the offensive line position. Right. However, I think they take Evan Neal, who is probably the best remaining offensive line prospect, and perhaps move Mackay Becton to the right side, maybe move uh, Evan Neal inside and create a much stronger wall for their you know sexy second-year quarterback. And that would be probably the best situation for Zach uh, to get himself involved with in there, um, Zach Wilson, to have that much protection. Uh, great. And you can just sit back there forever and try to figure it out. Um, I, I don't know the Jets to uh, plan that much ahead. I think they go defense <laughs> this one. And if Thibodeau's off the board, like I had him going right before, they're going to go with Sauce Gardner here. I think the Jets have fallen in love with – Gardner and Thibodeau, and they're just going to go with who's available still in that spot. So I have Sauce Gardner here, so I have still four straight defenders, as you've already had two offensive tackles off the board. Look mm-hmm. at us go. Um, all right, so that was the Jets at four. Here's the coming the first Giants pick. Uh, I'll go with this one. The Giants, again, can also go uh, a few different locations. I think tackle is still a need. Edge rusher they'd love to have too, and uh, even cornerback. Since a top cornerback just went and all those edge rushers went, they'll take, uh, in my mind, the best uh, tackle in this draft. Iki Kwanu goes to the Giants. I think that'd be great for the Giants. He was my number two overall pick, so uh, right. that would really bum me out. However, <laughs> I think they desperately need uh, a defense in New York. Uh, I actually have them picking Trevon Walker, who is, in my mind, the best player uh, or one of the best players available and a, you know, kind of a a premier prospect for them to fix their defensive line issues. So we both, yeah, have the Giants kind of taking probably the best player still on the board at this point, I think. Um, In fact, we both just switched our fifth and second overall picks, the Lions and the Giants. (laughs) They're just completely different from where we picked them there uh moving right along dan uh the panthers pick between those giants picks where do the carolina panthers go because they have a few choices too i don't think they can mortgage their future on a rookie quarterback here Mm. but i do think they wind up taking a defensive playmaker a guy with a ton of upside and i think Kayvon thibodeau is their draft pick here at six and that would be easy to uh yeah, if Thibodeau's still available at six and to take him there, that the fans would be excited about that. I had them going Evan Neal here. I think uh, Panthers have been trying to fix that offensive line for a long time, and they'd be surprised with him falling to him too. They're in a good spot where a really good player could fall to him, and that's, I think you're right, is what keeps them from taking a quarterback here, which would be a big mistake. Um Given, though, that we found out this week they were trying to trade for Baker Mayfield for a hot second and then decided, no, we're not going to do that now, sure makes me think that they've been thinking quarterback for a while. I think it's bothering them a little bit in the back of their head. But again, they will be picking early second round, too, I think, so maybe they can do some damage there for quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, um, I had him going offensive tackle. You have him going the edge. Now we're almost even with our picks, I think. In fact... Of the top six, Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, Gardner, Aquanu, Neal, Hutchinson, Aquanu, Gardner, Neal, Trevon, Thibodeau. Yeah, we've exactly evened it back up. The yeah, top, six, top is six is the same. Is the top six. It's just different order, yeah. So who do the Giants go with top seven? 
Uh, Dan? Uh, I have them taking, they addressed in my mock the defense with the first pick, and I have them taking Charles Cross out of Mississippi State with their second selection. Charles Cross makes sense. I had Since I had them taking the offensive tackle with their first pick, and the edge rushers now are, you know, the top guys are gone, I think the Giants uh, take a flyer on safety Kyle Hamilton. To me, Ooh. this isn't a good spot for him. I, you're right, I think Kyle Hamilton could fall, but again, the Giants with two picks in there, my guess is they haven't fallen in love with two guys, and they might try to move out of this spot if, if they can't. I mean, all of the talk is that everybody wants to move back if they can, and just good luck finding a trade partner. But somebody might want to jump over the next two picks to grab a quarterback, and that would be a good spot there for the Giants, who did it just last year with the uh, with the uh, Bears and moving back with the wing. But if, if we're, I'm having everybody stay in the same spot, then they kind of mess up this pick. They take Kyle Hamilton early. Uh, moving right along. Let's go yep. to the Falcons at eight. I'll pick this one here first. I think Falcons could very easily go quarterback here because they don't – I don't think anyone's in love with having Marcus Mariota try again there for Atlanta. But I think they like these wide receiver class even better, and they're going to go with their favorite in the class and – I don't know if it's my favorite wide receiver, but I think the one that's getting the most rumored to maybe go first is Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I have him going to the Falcons. I do have a quarter. I do have a wide receiver going here. It's just not Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I got to um, change it. I think if you look at Arthur Smith, the way he likes to run his offenses, he likes big running backs and he likes big wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think Drake London is the pick here. And Drake London could should maybe be the number one uh, guy there. So that makes sense, too. So we both have them taking a wide receiver uh, there in Atlanta. And that makes sense. Atlanta lost a lot of wide receivers. They did take Kyle Pitts just last year, who's a wide receiver in his own right. But you lost uh, Ridley. You need some more weapons there. So that makes sense. Uh, On to Seattle, Dan. Who do you have Seattle taking? Depends if Pete Carroll's still in control. Uh, if Pete Carroll is still in control, I can see them taking perhaps the most talented corner in this draft in Derek Stingley Jr. Mm, okay. And if he's not yeah, in Seattle, charge, I can see them um, going wide receiver. Uh, this is where I think uh, we start getting a little wild here. Um, Seattle's picked nine. They've waited long enough. Nobody else has taken one of these guys, and... I mean Drew Locke. No, they don't want to. They don't want to start the year with Drew Locke being their their guy in there. So I have Seattle taking Malik Willis, at the ninth overall pick. There's the first quarterback off the board. Interesting. I like it though. I'm trying to catch back up with your draft, Dan. Who did you have in third overall? I started putting my own in there. Third was a mod Gardner, Sauce Gardner, Sauce. All right. Okay, so. uh, on to pick ten. That's the Giants or the Jets again? Excuse me. I had them getting their cornerback earlier, so this sticks them in a spot where they could go offensive line again. I have Charles Cross still there, but instead, I have them going on a guy that I'm hearing getting more and more buzz of, of jumping up this board. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I have going tenth overall to the Jets. I have them addressing the offensive line, adding more weapons. I think New York realizes if if they've got to compete, they've got to keep it sexy in the offense. I have them taking Garrett Wilson here, number eight overall. 
Okay. Um, so there we go. We're getting the same wide receivers a little bit in there now. Pick 11, I have uh, going back to wide receiver, and I have this one being Drake London. So I have Drake London going to the uh, Washington Commanders. Very nice. I have uh, Washington, who is in desperate need of quarterback, taking the first quarterback in my draft, and I have them picking Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I have them passing right by Malik Willis. So, yeah, Washington is one of those teams that people have been rumored on that they are looking at quarterbacks uh, intently. Then why make that trade for Carson Wentz? I don't, like, you could have done a, uh, a different type of quarterback. I think you gave up too much if you're also going to draft a quarterback too, but it wouldn't put it past me that Washington makes a mistake like that. So who's to say they don't? In, in um, my draft, yeah. they're surprised that Kenny Pickett falls to them. You know, I think if Kenny Pickett gets taken further on or Malik Willis or there starts to be a quarterback run, um, I can easily see this being another wide receiver. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, you had, okay. okay, so moving on, this is my Vikings here at 12. Um, because I have Derek Stingley still available here, I have them taking him. Oh, I've done this mock over and over again where Stingley's gone. And uh, if he's gone, then maybe Jermaine Johnson. I'm saying he's an Eden Prairie guy. There's a box that have him going there too. I think Edge is somebody that the Vikings could go with as well. But also there's a lot of mocks where both those guys are gone. So when that happens, I don't know where the Vikings go at 12 other than maybe trying to trade back themselves. Uh, they, I would be a little surprised, but not too much, if we see them go wide receiver here because it's deep enough and there's a lot of positions there that if – if the top two corners are gone, if the top four or five edge rushers are gone, wide receiver could be it. But instead, Stingley's there. I haven't taken Stingley. Who do you have him taken? I have your Vikings selecting Jordan Davis, the uh, big boy out of Georgia. And that one's been one, too, because Jordan Davis is going to go around that spot. Um, so that makes sense. Uh, Houston is up again at 13. This is because of the trade with the Browns. Uh, who do you have them uh, replacing here for uh, their trade away with uh, Deshaun Watson? So I had them taking uh, Sauce Gardner with the number three overall pick. So I think they stay defense because they know their offense is young and not quite skilled. I have them selecting uh, Jermaine Johnson right oh, there okay. with the number 13 pick. Jermaine Johnson to the Texans there. I have them going Charles Cross here because Charles Cross is somehow still on the board at that point for me. Um offensive tackle they get to that that place there in fact so i just have houston grabbing their best available as it falls into their laps with Thibodeau and, and Charles charles cross would be a very good draft if that kept happening for him um moving on the baltimore ravens pick next for here i had the ravens uh taking <laughs> offensive tackle trevor penning hearing rumors hey, we, we have our first do? match Ah, uh, there we go. That's our first? Well, except for Thibodeau. Or, I mean, uh, Hutchinson. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, sorry. Hutchinson out the Dang. game. Dang. So, yeah, it took a bit to get there, but there it is. Um, let me. Can I catch up on yours real quick, Dan? You had pick 10. Was it Garrett Wilson to the Jets? I had Garrett Wilson followed by Kenny Pickett, Jordan Davis, Jermaine Johnson, right, Trevor Penning to, to match up with you. Jordan Davis. Jermaine Johnson, and then we both have 
Trevor Penning. Yeah, that it seems like a reach there, but the Ravens need a tackle, and I'm hearing those rumors. Uh, what about the Eagles with their first of their two often uh, first round picks, Dan? I think the Eagles uh, do me a solid here uh, because <laughs> I know that they, for some reason, think the Cowboys are always after safeties because. For some reason, we never draft fucking safeties. I think the Eagles get Kyle Hamilton here with pick number 15. And Kyle Hamilton there might be considered a steal in some people's uh, boards. I know you're not as high on him, but uh, so 15 there for Kyle Hamilton. I had them getting Jordan Davis here. So there's the Jordan Davis pick that you had going to the Vikings. Um, I know it's a need for the Eagles, so they'd be happy about that one. They jump on it. Uh, the Saints have two picks due to their trades. Who do you have them taking at 16? And do, I have, you, do we go all the way through the first round? Is that, Have you done all of them? I have, yeah. Okay, we'll tear through them. Go ahead. I have them taking Malik Willis out of Liberty. They need a quarterback very, very badly, and I think Malik Willis is their man. I have the Saints taking a quarterback as well, but obviously Kenny Pickett is the one on my board, so that's who they take there. Yeah, Saints and a quarterback do make sense here in this draft, so we're both we're both on the, the same board there. Um, the Chargers is the next pick, and they're between these Eagles and Saints picks. I have the Chargers going wide receiver. I have them getting the speedy Jamison Williams. Alabama. Interesting. I have them going wide receiver, but I have them taking Chris Olave because they, they don't need the boomer bust potential. Um, mm. I think they need a, a steady contributor. That's kind of who they've drafted as an organization at the wide receiver position. They draft big body guys. Um, so I can see Jamison Williams going, but I think they take the surefire pick, a guy with a lower ceiling but a high, nice high floor in Chris, sorry, in Chris Olave. I can see it being Olave. Um, yeah, we both have him going wide receiver. Jamison Williams, though, I'm hearing a lot of rumors that he's he could even go top 15, they were saying, which – is surprising. Yeah. Somebody maybe fall in love with his speed. I have um, him. F- he's he's not one of my favorites, so he's falling in my mock draft just because uh, I always assume I'm right. Yeah. Who do you have the uh, the Eagles picking their next pick? Uh, the Eagles. I have them taking Trent McDuffie. They've got to fix their secondary, and I think they go full broke um, and take two players right here with 15 Kyle Hamilton and 18 Trent McDuffie. We're in the same on this one as well. I have Trent McDuffie going 18th overall to the Eagles. Seems to make sense. He'd go around this spot, if not sooner, if people really fall in love with cornerbacks. Um, Then the Saints go next. Now here I have the Saints taking Devontae Wyatt, interior offensive lineman. Defensive, excuse me, defensive lineman. Interesting. I actually had them taking Devin Lloyd. Um, They need a – to my mind, they're going to try to rebuild their team from this draft. They're going to get a defensive captain and an offensive captain, taking Malik Willis and Devin Lloyd, and say, you run our offense, you run our defense, let's rebuild this thing in the NFC South. Okay. Yeah, Devin Lloyd would be a good pick right there, and he's going to go around that time too, I think. Uh, Who who do you have the Steelers taking at pick 20? I have the Steelers uh, that desperately need a good quarterback Mm -hmm. because that is – fucking brutal for them i actually have them taking desmond ritter because they've got enough talent that they just need a guy that's going to be steady hand uh at the helm and uh i also think the steelers were going to have um more opportunities for his his name is escaping me he just passed away my apologies um the quarterback taken by the washington redskins several years ago it's killing me um that just passed away 
Yeah, just died. Tragic. Um, <laughs> oh, am I talking Dwayne about? Haskins, you're talking Dwayne about. Dwayne Haskins. Yes. I'm I think Haskins, older, yeah. Haskins was their recovery project, but I think now they realize that, hey, we can't do this with Mitch Trubisky. I think Desmond Ritter uh, is another uh, low-ceiling, high-floor pick for them. Dan, the push-off podcast is on the same path when it's talking about quarterbacks and where they're getting picked, and I have Desmond Ritter going here as well. Uh, Steelers taking a, yeah, a quarterback in the first round now that they need one. It, it, does, it does make sense here. So here we got three quarterbacks in this first round in a draft where we're very much like, look, it's just not, it's not a deep one for quarterbacks, but it makes sense. Um, then moving on for pick 21, the Patriots. This is where I have Devin Lloyd going. Interesting. I think Devin Lloyd would absolutely go here if uh, if he was available. I think because of our boy Belichick's love of Alabama prospects, this could be a boom and bust for me, but Bill Belichick is terrible at taking wide receivers. He scouts them very poorly. I think he does it again, stays with Alabama, and takes Jamison Williams, which I think is a mistake. Jamison Williams there to uh, New England, yeah. And they... They could use uh, some weapons on offense, especially in the passing game. I can see that. Pick 22 is the Green Bay Packers. Dan, Green Bay has some needs, but they don't always look at their needs. Are they going to ignore their needs again this year? What are they doing? Well, I think most of the really, really good wide receivers are already taken. Um, You know, most of your guys that are, you know, really the sexiest options are gone. So I think they choose to protect their investment and take Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Okay, Zion Johnson to Green Bay. I can see that. Um, Boston College. I I do have them going uh, wide receiver. I have them taking Traylon Burks out of Arkansas here at the 22nd pick uh, because, yeah, they they might just be blasted if they don't take somebody. I mean, just some other weapons. Even if he rides the bench and it's not worth it this year or whatever, just, just... to quell the uh, the fan base, I think you have to. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are after them, and I have them going uh, edge rusher George Karlaftis out of Purdue. Wouldn't you know what I do too? Hey, that's good because I keep picking mine when I'm trying to do yours on the separate <laughs> one, and that makes it much easier. Uh, but Dan, this adds up to your Cowboys now. If you're at this type of board for your Cowboys, who do you want them taking? So as much as everybody keeps mocking an interior offensive lineman, I think they need a defensive playmaker. Mm. And so as much as I would prefer, you know what? Here's what I want. (laughs) I want them to pass on this guy and take Jaquan Brisker, maybe early second round if they can trade back. But I actually think they're going to pick up Devontae Wyatt, who's still a really good interior line presence because they haven't been able to fix the interior of the defensive line uh, for several years down there in Dallas. I think Wyatt is the start of that. Okay, that makes sense. And Devontae Wyatt there, uh, I had him going earlier, but if he's still available, yeah, I can see him fit for the Cowboys. I went that interior offensive line thing too and gave them Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M at this spot. Um, It does seem like it's going to be a lineman one way or another for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bills are pick 25. We're getting near the end here. I have Buffalo at 25 taking cornerback out of Florida, K.R. Elam. And I have them taking Andrew Booth. I actually have uh, Booth going before Elam here. Okay. And uh, Booth uh, is coming up faster for me. Yeah. 
But uh, that makes sense. We have both of them going cornerback. Uh, 26 for the Titans. Who do you have the Titans taking? This I see being Traylon Burks. Uh, the wide receiver position for them is a little in flux. They don't know how it's going to go, but they do love a big body. Uh, yeah. They do love a guy with a lot of raw potential, and I think Burks here is a good fit for the team and philosophy. Berlin makes sense. I or uh, Burks makes sense. I took him. I have him taking Zion Johnson, Boston College, just kind of best available at this point. He was still on the board for me, and uh, they could yeah bolster their offensive line. The ten, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at twenty seven. I have them going offensive weapon and Chris Olave, who is still on the board for me. And I have them going offense, but their most desperately needed position, interior offensive line, picking up Kenyon Green, uh, who's still on the board for me out of Texas A&M. Yeah, see, I almost had them going interior as well with Tyler Linderbaum, but I thought maybe, you know, he's a center, and that's that the, you know, kind of thing. So I could see them maybe moving some people around there inside, but I didn't. I had uh, Tyler Linderbaum going to the Packers next in twenty pick 28 here, so... Who do you have them taking, uh, Green Bay 28? I actually have a bit of a surprise for you. I have Brees Hall. Oh, okay. I think they they need to address something on the offensive line. I think all of the wide receivers are ranked a little bit too low. I think they reach a little bit for Brees Hall, uh, but he gives them an excellent uh, playmaker out of the backfield, which, you know, you can never have too many. Well, yeah, I mean, because... The Williams went to to uh, Detroit, but they still had. They were going to bring up the the big guy with the thighs uh, that they drafted a few years back. Uh, can't think of what his name is though for <laughs> Green Bay. But anyways, yeah, Brees Hall, another another weapon on the yeah. running backs. Uh, Kansas City has two picks back to back here, Dan. I'll let you pick them both. Who who do you have going here? So I have them uh, reloading the safety position, taking Daxton Hill. Um, with their first pick, and I have them uh, reloading at the uh, edge rest position, getting Boye Mafe out of Minnesota. I have them taking Daxon Hill with one of these two picks too, but I had them oh. taking Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, to re-bolster that spot too. Um, so the only difference there is you had him going, okay, who was the second pick after uh, Dax Hill? Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe. Oh, yeah, Minnesota, okay. He'll go around there too. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I would love to see David Ajabo go. That's that's another one that if they want the production this year, I think they go Mafe. If they're willing to wait and get a premier player, Ojabo would be a great pick for them there. Uh, we only have a couple more picks left of the first round. Uh, who do you have the Bengals taking? I have the Bengals taking Tyler Linderbaum. I think it's a steal for them uh, addressing the interior of the offensive line with one of the better interior linemen coming out this year. Yeah, that's that's a nice fit for him. I have them getting Andrew Booth Jr. here at this pick, uh, best available. Plus, the cornerbacks could always get better here for Cincy, so I'm taking that. And then at pick 32, Detroit's up again. This is the perfect spot, I say, for them to take a quarterback, and they take uh, Matt Corral. And I have them bypassing that and going with uh, the young man Kobe Dean out of Georgia. I think this is where he sneaks into the back end of the first round. Nicobe, yeah, that's a good value there for your pick. All right, that's our mock draft of the first round. Let's move on to the second. Okay, so for the pick of Jaguars. (laughs) (laughs) Be here all night. Um, Jaquan Brisker. Damn it. They got him. Um, But we are uh, 
all over the place. You and me were kind of very different on this. However, you got to get an idea of where these prospects are going to land in kind of somewhat of an order. It's kind of interesting. Um, in some spots, we know that a position might be going to a team. It's just a matter of which guy in that position because there are some options here. Um, we like our top six, that's for sure. We like our top six as well. And then, you know, all this will get blown out uh, by about 6.30 on uh, Thursday when there's a trade that happens, and then everybody goes different. So yeah. uh, until then, we're going to look like uh, geniuses, I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh yeah, real quick, let's let's uh, recap our top five. For Dan, he's got Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jaguars, as I do. Uh, mm-hmm. But then Iki Ikwanu to the Lions. Uh, Mod Gardner, Sauce Gardner to the Texans. Evan Neal gets that Jets offensive line, just huge. And then Trevon Walker to the Giants at five. Uh, for myself, after Hutchinson, it's edge rushers, Trevon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau, boom, boom, to the Lions and Texans. Sauce Gardner to the Jets leaving Iki Ikuanu from the Giants. So there you go. Uh, Fun stuff, Dan. Um, This is what we got for the show. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're going to be back after the draft to recap it. That's it, though. This is uh, the last you'll hear of us before Thursday, so definitely enjoy that draft. Um, And Actually, it'll probably be the last until after the full draft's over, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. We're not not stopped by after round one. Yeah, and um, yeah, no no plans for anything live or anything on there. But uh, maybe we'll be writing some stuff on social media. Maybe we can we can get some oh, yeah. running on there as the draft goes. Because I know me and Dan will be discussing picks as it goes anyway. So we might as well discuss with the fans too. Um, all right. Uh, to wrap up, Dan, I have just a few crazy stats. Please. I'm gonna rack your brain. Um, we've got an idea of the first overall pick. If it is Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson. That makes him the first overall pick from Michigan since. I think I've done this one actually recently. Uh, first overall pick from Michigan. Oh boy, it's been the a last, while. The last time they had a uh, guy go first overall was it Jake? It wasn't Jake Long. It was it Jake. It was Long. Jake. It was Jake Long. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Jake Long. Uh, what if it's Trevon Walker though? Who would it, the Georgia Bulldog first overall draft pick have been? Uh, Matthew Stafford. The very next year, Matthew Stafford, 2009. Uh, and then let's say it's Icky. For some reason, Icky Kwanu goes first overall to Jacksonville. When was the last time an NC State player went first overall? Mario Williams. 2006 Mario Williams. There's no fool in this guy, you guys. Can't, can't trip him up. He's, I love my draft. You know this. He's got all of that knowledge up in there. All right, everybody. Well, that's our show. What's next is the NFL draft. So, Dan, please... Uh, so I can get to sleep tonight. Some parting words of wisdom. Baseball is only good for analogies, but I will tell you this. You make the Hall of Fame in baseball if you hit over 350. You make the Hall of Fame as a GM if your draft picks are over 350. (laughs) If you got a third of your draft picks to hit and become contributing players on your team, Fan-fucking-tastic, you, sir, are Bill Belichick. If you get in that 250 range, that Mendoza line, that's where you get into trouble. There's some guys, you know, you get two or three drafts where you're under 200. Uh, you don't get back year three, year four. You got to move on. So don't be expecting that every guy you take, all seven picks are going to make your team. That's very unlikely. 
don't expect all seven picks are going to make a contribution. That's even more unlikely. Just hope for two or three guys to show up this year and maybe three or four to show up long term. That's a good draft in my book. Yeah, no, that would be a wonderful draft. Uh, so best of luck to you guys and your teams, unless they, uh, you know, are in direct competition of ours, then may you rot in hell. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening to this episode. This is a lot of fun and, uh, we will see you after the draft. Definitely enjoy it. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Jaguars are on the clock. Let's see what they do with it on Thursday. Goodbye. Jaguar news. Rawr. Rawr.